The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie. I'm joined by my co-host, Zim Huda. Zim, say what's up. What's going on with you people? How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. I just, I don't know. Honestly, me personally, I'm, I'd probably say exhausted is what I am kind of feeling right now. Why are you exhausted, Ace? Uh, <laughs> Off of the Steelers' loss, or is it the people killing you on Facebook? What, what we got today? Not, not even the Steelers' loss, man. I, I mean, yes, that in a sense, I definitely wanted to see us win. Uh, but I think what's exhausting to me, I think, are, uh, I guess, segments of our fan base. And, you know, depending on what we do with this first pick is just, I'm just honestly getting numb to it at this point because we've got four more months of this and it's just going to constantly be in people arguing over quarterback versus Chase Young. And I'm just not looking forward. Like this should be a time where, like you said, it's what a time to be alive, right? I agree with that take. Like we are going to have the number one pick in the draft. We should be enjoying this moment, but instead, it's just a Bengal civil war amongst fans about Chase Young and, you know, what philosophies work. And it just, to me, it's just honestly numbing. And it's just really just exhausting to have to break down basic football concepts and just have crazy scenarios brought up about why Chase Young should be the pick. Like, I'm literally sitting here watching a game of a Chase Young enthusiast make a point about the 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers 38 to 7 not 10 to 7 or 38 to 8 37 to 8 I'm sorry not not 10 to 8 not 12 to 8 37 to 8 and saying that it was because of Bosa like Jimmy Bosa all of a sudden now is dropping 30 points now? All of a sudden, like, the 49ers' blueprint has become that it's all been about defense. Like, they didn't hire an offensive-minded coach. Like, they didn't hire and 
go ahead and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, did they did did people just forget about what happened in 2017? Like, a good friend of mine is a 49ers fan. What happened in 2017 was the 49ers were one and nine. They traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers have been taking defense alignment for like the past five years. I don't know if our fans just don't pay attention to other teams or what, but they've been taking D-line since it basically was invented. They did that. They went and got their quarterback. You know exactly what happened when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and put him in there? He won five straight games. He won five straight games, and they gave him a huge contract extension. What happens the next year? He goes out and tears his ACL week three. You know what happens after that? With all of those first-round picks, the Solomon Thomases, the DeForest Buckners, the Rick Armsteads, this loaded defensive line, they end up winning four games. That's good enough for them to have the number one pick in the draft the next season. They didn't have to worry about a quarterback. You know why? They already had one. So, of course, they took Nick Bosa. There was no reason for them not to take Nick Bosa. So they did that. And that was just crazy to me that after them stabilizing the quarterback position, that everyone's giving kudos to, like, Nick Bosa. Like, Nick Bosa is the reason that the 49ers are 8-0 and right now. Like, they didn't just have Nick Mullins last year guide them to, like, zero wins. Like, if you had Nick Mullins on the 49ers this year with Nick Bosa, they're not winning this many games. And I don't understand how people can look at things that happened with Miles Garrett and things that happened with Bosa and just completely ignore the quarterback position and use that as a basis to draft Chase Young. It's just it's just mind-numbing at this point that we can watch the last two weeks. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad as them. I'm sitting there watching the game yesterday, right? So the week before, the defense obviously played better, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. They played better against, against the Raiders, right? Correct. Anytime you hold a team to 17 points in the NFL, that is a great performance for a defense. I have people sitting there telling me that the defense was trash last week. How? And, the thing, <laughs> and, and what's even crazier is the defense comes out and plays a hell of a game, and because it doesn't fit or align with the narrative that you should draft Chase Young because – Carl Lawson showed up. We'll get into that. Uh, Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings, Carlos Dunlap, they all played solid yesterday. And you know what I kept hearing? Oh, well, well the Steelers are depleted, and that's why that's why not the on, defense was better. Defense, not on defense, they weren't depleted at all. And on offense, they haven't been doing anything with all They haven't the, been doing anything they been doing all year. They have with Juju. They, at a, a PFF has been rated lower than us at the quarterback rating, and as a result, they hadn't scored more than one touchdown in any game since Ben Roethlisberger went out. Like, do you guys watch? I was like, that's exactly what I said. I said depleted. They were depleted when they lost Ben Roethlisberger. That's when it started. Mason Rudolph is trash. <laughs> so it started when they lost 84, the whole entire team. I've always said this about the Steelers. They dictated all the games that we played against them because the number 84 – Required double team. And any team, if he would have played for the Raiders, they would have probably gone to the AFC Championship if they're playing where well, they got destroyed yesterday. But he's that good. He's like a generational talent that I don't think most Steelers fans understood how good he was until he lost. He gave everybody else a one-on-one matchup, and that's essentially what we're saying A.J. Green does. But the only difference with him, I feel like Antonio Brown 
would run every single route in the entire world at the at the highest level in the slot on the outside, which AJ Green can't do. So that's when they were depleted. And then as a result, moving forward, they're blaming all these other different things. Like, no, they don't really score that well. They 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 they, they decided that they're going to just become a heavy defensive team. I got a little bit off subject, but one thing I want to make clear to everybody is this: I want to ask you this. Do you do you think that Chase Young is a generational talent at defensive end or whatever, however you want to use him in the NFL? If you want to say that Chase Young is a generational edge rusher, I I guess you could say that. Like, I mean, okay. I guess you could. So you're say not that. disputing. You're not disputing that he's that he's good. I'm not, that he's I'm really, not disputing. Really I'm not disputing I think, that I think he's that's really where people good. Are getting it mixed up. I think that's right. where people are getting it like confused. Right. It, it would it would be insane and so and I, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence, but to think that a player of his magnitude, like we're we're not saying that Chase Young is not good. Chase Young on a on on probably thirty teams in the NFL would absolutely be the pick, but for two or three teams that need a quarterback, it would be so silly. Not to draft the quarterback. Like, the only people that are thinking that you should draft Chase Young are Ohio State fans or Bengals fans that are just – I've ran out of theories on why you would think that you would need that. And what they always do to come back and say, oh, well, we can get Chase Young this year, and then next year we'll come back and get the quarterback. Like, next year you, you might not even have a chance to get Chase Young if you don't get the number one pick anyway. And, right. and, and then if you come back next year and say, well, I'm going to go get Fields, suppose he messes up his hip just like Tua did. So, so, so now That's you're down, not, to, one, yeah. so now you're down to one quarterback, Morris, right? And then right. Morris hasn't even looked that good to me this year. He throws a lot of picks. So, right. you know what I'm saying? So, like, just bank your whole thing. And then who's to say that you're going to have a top three pick next year? And then to get from number three to one, do you know how hard that is? You know how to give up your whole entire draft. I hear people people DM me all the time and say, well, let's just get a quarterback and then we'll trade back up and get Chase Young. Like, that is the most – I'm not even going to entertain that. But to get into the top five of the NFL draft is, like, insanely, insanely tough. To get in the top 15 or so, like, to move out how the Steelers did to get Devin Bush and stuff like that, you can unload a couple things and make that happen. But to get in the top three, I don't think y'all realize or relishing in the moment right now. This is an opportunity of a lifetime – to change your fortune, to change everything with the quarterback. To say that you could do that from a defensive standpoint, that would be a great focal point to have Chase Young as, like, the elite person on your defense. But one big problem, you don't have anybody to throw any of these guys the ball, and the time is just ticking. And I feel like we just run into that same thing every week, and I, and I, and I feel like I'm jumping into it with you, whereas I wanted to start off and say, like, don't even pay attention to it at this point. The Bengals know that they need a quarterback. People always keep on saying, why do they keep on playing um, Ryan Finley? And we know that he's not better than Dalton. Or we know he's not. Because we're trying to assess we're the quarterback. We're tanking. we're tanking. We're looking at talent. We're looking at who are we going to keep moving forward. We're looking at can Ryan Finley even be a legitimate backup. You know, like can he even be a backup to the new quarterback? The scouts are at the game. So all these Chase Young people – that it's still a possibility they could draft Chase Young. And it's still a possibility I still will be on board with the whole thing. 
but they have to get a quarterback, and they cannot wait. They cannot wait to the second round or any of that stuff. All these theories that you come up with, if you're listening to me right now, I'm talking to you, Mr. Chase Young, Drive Chase Young guy, it's because you're scared. You're scared to fail. You remind me of the people that drafted Billy Price or wanted Billy Price. You were scared to fail, so you went with a pick that you thought was concrete. But what happens? You missed on Billy Price, right? But the whole, well, all is not lost. You come back, now you have the opportunity of a lifetime to go do and what you should have did then because you should have drafted Lamar Jackson at that spot. You made that mistake. You watch uh, Josh Allen. You watch Russell Wilson. You watch Kyler Murray. All these quarterbacks come and carve you up, but you're still hanging on by this one thread that says, give me Chase Young, give me Chase Young. No, you're scared to fail, and I'm, I'm calling you out, listener. If you're listening to this show right now and you're saying draft Chase Young, it's because you're scared. And that's, a, that's the only way I can see it. The difference between me and Ace and the people that are on board with drafting Joe Burrow, too, and all this stuff, we're not scared to fail. Say that the guy isn't who we think he is. I'll go draft another quarterback. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. That is life. Like, football translates to life to me so easy. Like, that's why I love football so much. Because sometimes you have people that are scared to fail, and you have people that are just winning. We're winners. We're trying to win. And this is us crying out to you every week and say, look, this is the formula. This is the groundwork that you should be making to take that next step. But instead you want to fight it because you're scared to fail. So you're trying to go with something that you feel as though is concrete. Say Chase Young gets hurt. Now look at you. You got no quarterback, and you're trying to make an elite defense. I mean, you're trying to make a defense in the elite, and, and, and injuries happen. The same thing could happen to the quarterback um, that we're talking about drafting. But at least – we're scouting out the position. At least we, we're getting Ryan Finley acclimated to the, you know, the system. Like, there is a plan in place. Just don't be scared to make it because you're scared because you you come up with all these theories. Like, look at all the busts. Like, you have to dig so far and so deep to find a bust at quarterback in the number one position. People go back to Tim Couch and all these guys, David Carr and all that stuff like that. But look at all the first-round successes. You have to skip past, like, 15 guys just to get to the one guy that you want to use in a, as an example. And all that happens is if you don't play into the player's strength, yeah, they probably will fail. So I'm counting on Zach Taylor to not put Joe Burrow in a situation where he's asked to throw Pat Mahomes' long post patterns 15, 20 yards down the field. I'm counting on him to make a game plan in the best of his ability. Like the same system that they run at LSU, I'm hoping that Zach can, can adapt to that and make it a, a winning situation. So it's not just drastic guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's other things that come along with it. But all this stuff that I'm, I'm like, I'm so tired of it. I'm a little bit with you. Like, when, when I'm hearing you talk, I'm just like, yeah, I, I am kind of sick of these people that are just scared to fail. Like, that's the easiest way I can say it, bro. Right. And it's just, to me, it's just honestly, like, ridiculous, like, the lengths that these people are going to to just to just take a guy like Chase Young, know, man. And it's like – Nothing is guaranteed, man. Nothing is guaranteed. They feel like that's guaranteed, and it's not. Right. I have people telling me that Chase Young is a future Hall of Fame edge rusher. And this man has not even – he has the potential to be that. But to act like he's just like like Joe Burrow has no chance of being anything – you don't know that. Nobody knows that. And what's crazy to me is – I'm hearing these people, oh, well, he's not a Patrick Mahomes lovers. Where were you two years ago? 
Where were you two years ago? <laughs> None of y'all was talking about no Pat Mahomes two years ago. Nobody said Pat Mahomes was a generational quarterback. Nobody said any of that. So don't tell me what Joe Burrow can be or what is or what any of these quarterbacks are because you don't know. Point blank, you, period. You do right, not man. know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about the game. Do you have any pros <laughs> now that we got it off our, our little rants? I didn't even think I was going to have a rant today. Thank you for getting that out of me today. But, yeah, this, 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 it's, it's super silly, and we got a long way to go to get to April, bro. Like, can you imagine? Ooh, I, Joe Burrow, I, I do want to close out with this. Joe Burrow statistically is the highest-rated college football quarterback statistically of all time. But yet people are questioning his ability of all time. Any quarterback you can think of statistically is the front runner for a Heisman Trophy, which means nothing. I get it, but statistically, in uh, metrics wise, uh, pro football focus has never seen a, a, a season like this. In every clutch moment, he wins the game, but yet people just don't want to win with us. Going to the game on Sunday, Ace. Do you have any pros, any cons, any things that you want to point out besides Ryan Finley? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Oh the my God. Um, Cons, Ryan Finley, I got to start there. Um, you know, this guy is horrible. Um, this guy is pretty <laughs> much like they couldn't score any points, bro. Like, honestly, Ryan Finley is not the answer. I think Slim Low might have been onto something when he said a few weeks ago where he said he doesn't even know if Ryan Finley can be the backup. Um, I don't even, yeah, at this point, I don't know if Ryan Finley has the NFL arm at all. Yeah, honestly, truthfully speaking, the way that he's played, I mean, obviously it's still early in his, his quote-unquote career. Uh, he looks like a guy that could be out of the league in, like, three years. Like, he might get catch up a couple left. other other places. He may be out of there. Um, the positive things, let's let's go kind of kind of got emotional earlier, so let's go to the positive things, right? Defense. I think one thing that I have seen personally outside of, uh, the Baltimore game outside of the 49ers game, I have seen this defense make adjustments to getting better. Are they amazing? No. Um, but they're not making those same mistakes that I have continually, continuously seen with them. And the thing that's really hidden with this defense is that, and they said it, I'm so glad they said it on um, live television yesterday, is that they're top five in red zone defense, right? So although – you know, teams have been pretty much going, not necessarily going up and down the field on them, but since they haven't been a great defense statistically, one one area where they've been good at is stopping people from scoring in the red zone. Um, I also feel like we got rid of Preston Brown, and yes, there were still some, some Steelers running backs that were able to do pretty well in the run game, but the linebackers, even though, you know, I hate our linebackers, they mm-hmm. haven't looked as bad to me as they were maybe two weeks ago. Man, they're running back. around. They're running like around. Like Nick Vigil. Like, there's some guys like Pratt. Like, they're making some progress. Now, obviously, I would still pick a linebacker next year, sign one, and all of that. But I've seen the progress from the defensive coordinator with those adjustments. Defensive line. Andrew Billings has been having a really good year, and I feel like nobody's talking about it. Like, it's been, like, pretty much lost in this entire season. He finally gets his first career sack yesterday. Or not career sack, but first sack. 
um, of the season yesterday. Uh, you also saw the D-line come to life. Carl Lawson is back, people. And I was definitely one of his biggest critics because I talked about how, you know, he couldn't be healthy. He wasn't doing it. He, he's been healthy and hasn't been doing anything. You can see it. Now, one thing that I will say is he's not good against the run, which I don't know why they're using him in that capacity anyway. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. a pass rush only defensive lineman, but he's back. That seems to translate to Carlos Dunlap. I'm not trying to give Carlos Dunlap an excuse or anything, but that seemed to also help Carlos Dunlap over on that side as well. Defensive line really played well to me yesterday. Uh, outside of that, I would probably say Joe Mixon still looks good. Tyler Boyd with a huge bounce back game. Obviously, he has the fumble. At huge the drop. Game. I would say the huge drop, though. I mean, yeah, the fumble. I'm sorry. The, the, the huge fumble. But without him, I can't really hold him too, too harshly because he was yeah, the guy that did, actually – he was the guy that actually put points on the board, right? It was almost like he, like, forced the points to get on the board. Like, he was just like, ah, I'm just going to take this Ryan Finley catch. I'm just going to make two miraculous catches to get some points on the board. So, big game from him, especially coming off of a game where he had zero zero yards last week, right? Um, so, good game for him. The con, obviously, on the flip side of that is him having the fumble. Um, outside of that, I would probably say – Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Those were those were my outlooks on the game. Obviously, it was a heartbreaking game, but what were some of the pros and cons for you? Um, I'm pretty much um, I'm, I'm piggybacking over everything that you you've got. I feel like the offensive line, with the exception of Bobby Hart probably having the second worst game of the season from him, I thought held up pretty well. The sack towards the end of the game. Um, God, was I, I, uh, Bud Dupree sat, Cordy Glenn pretty much whipped on that, but had a pretty solid game. I can't wait to see the PFS scores on all that. But Cordy Glenn, I think, helped out a lot. I, I'm really um, – as bad as people give uh, the offensive line, uh, 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 you know, like the, the bad stigma throughout this whole thing, I felt as though that that was the first game where I really didn't notice them most of the game. There were a couple sacks that they gave up, 
but the Pittsburgh Steelers pretty much have the top three defensive line in the NFL right now. So to give up three, four sacks to them, I mean, that's what the, that's understood better than the eight sacks that they gave up the first time. But the eight sacks that they gave up the first time, this is the part where Ryan Finley, I think people are going to think that I'm just a Dalton hater, and I guess I am, if, if that's what it's going to be called. But I made this argument when we played the Steelers the first time that Dalton ran into, like, four of those sacks. I felt like Finley absolutely had nowhere to go on the sacks that he was sacked on. Dalton sacks, in, in, in contrast, were, or in, in comparison, were about four sacks where he's just stepping right up into it and getting sacks. Like, it just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Just just not having any pocket awareness whatsoever. Ryan Finley didn't have pocket awareness when he was getting strip sacks um, in a couple of different times that he, he fumbled the ball. I, did, I was not impressed with his game at all, but I'll tell you this. There are glimpses of what a better quarterback does, like just getting the ball, identifying a one-on-one matchup, just to throw it up to Tyler Boyd and give him a chance. Like he, he pre-ran that perfectly, no safety help over the top. They were daring him to throw. It wasn't too many plays where they didn't have a safety single high look for most of the game. So there was an instance where he identified that. Just give your guys a shot, and we have the playmakers to do it. That's something Dalton was never doing. When Finley takes off and he scrambles and stuff, Dalton is a better athlete than Finley, but he was never he never scrambled. And in Finley's last game, he ran for more yards than Dalton did the whole entire year. So it's like these glimpses of just better quarterback decision-making are what I'm looking forward to when we talk about next year. But the, the flip side is, his arm strength is so bad, I can't even believe that he absolutely, that he got drafted where he got drafted, for one. And then the other part about it is that, I mean, we're probably looking at three or four, I think pick six, if you count the one from last last week and then two from this week, he should have about four pick sixes right now if you, if you add that up to the one that he had the first week. So it's just the arm strength. It, but it goes to show you, though, the defense played good enough against a very bad offense my biggest pro is that if you just insert a quarterback into that game, then you're at least scoring 14, 17 points, I think more. Because the Steelers, for them giving up a first round for Minka Fitzpatrick, he's always there whenever the ball, like, uh, gets loose. I think he was the one to recover the title more. So he, I'm not saying that he's not a good player. But for them to not have a first-round pick next year to get them an elite wide receiver, I don't care if Juju comes back. For them not to get, like, a number one and relying on Deontay Johnson, James Washington and stuff, I feel like they're in a lot of trouble with that. And Big Ben isn't going to come back uh, spry and young and running all over the place. He's going to be throwing – He Ben throws a lot of picks. So, there there are a lot of good positives I saw from the defensive saying by that I think just goes along with our argument. But if you're looking at it and you only want to see Chase Young, you probably say, well, Chase Young would have got a – I don't know. He would have got a strip sack and scored off of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people like that are just thinking – like, the impossible is going to happen with this defensive force and then just, I don't know. And the other well, thing is, I'm going well, to we, we, we locked in the number one pick. That's the other, my other bro. Yep, we locked in the number one pick. Um, another thing I heard was, you know, how did they let the Steelers back up, come in and do this? If you listen to our pregame show, I, we sat here and said, and I sat here and said, and I believe Zim backed me up on this, that the other guy was better than Mason Rudolph. Like, I said that we probably have more issues if Mason Rudolph is wasn't playing. Mason Rudolph is complete trash. I'm glad you brought up the offensive line. 
because this is where I bring it home, and this is where I also expose you guys as well. The number one thing that I keep hearing about not taking a quarterback is you have to have an O-line that can protect them and this and that and all of this. Okay, well, one thing that I would be actually willing to hear, especially coming off of a game like we saw yesterday and a game before that where we gave up eight sacks, why aren't you stepping on a table for Andrew Thomas? I don't hear you guys talking about taking an offensive tackle number one overall. Why not? If that's your whole point, protect the quarterback and all of that, why isn't your case being made for take Andrew Thomas, who's one of the top prospects in this draft, so taking him number one wouldn't be too far-fetched because he's one of the top guys. He's going as high as possibly two or three in my drafts. Why aren't you guys saying that? Because it's all about your narrative for Chase Young. Like, that's my thing. If we're going to have a civil conversation oh, about, about needs and stuff like that, let me hear one of you guys jumping on the table for Andrew Thomas because I'm not hearing it. But they'll come up, though. As, they get, as, as fans get more knowledgeable on players and different stuff like that, I just right. think it's like Chase Young is like – I call it the Davion Clowney effect. Like, he's got big flag plays. He's headlining sports center all the time. So fans aren't really watching the other people in it. But as we get closer to the draft, trust and believe, the people that are scared to death, of being wrong on a quarterback that will figure out any reason not to draft Joe Burrow will come with Andrew Thomas. That's coming. Don't just oh, You're speaking that up right now, but it's it's right around the corner. Okay. <laughs> Trust me, they just don't they just don't know he exists yet. But once ESPN starts to get into the draft and stuff, these people start saying, "Oh yeah, 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 let's go get a." See, it's like it's funny. People are willing to miss on a tackle, miss on things that we missed on all these years. We don't really – we didn't miss on Carson Palmer, and you didn't miss on Dalton. But for whatever reason, it's just like this – it's almost like taboo. It's like, oh, if I pick a quarterback and I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong forever. Like, no. The the Cardinals picked Josh Rosen, came back the following year and picked Kyler Murray. Like, it's not a big deal, bro. Like, this is 2019. Maybe back in the day you give quarterbacks like three, four years to develop. It doesn't work that way. You get them boys like eight games. <laughs> And if, and if he's not and if he's not showing promise, I'll go draft another quarterback the following year. It's no different than you whipping on Cedric Way and you whipping on all of these other guys. I mean, what's the difference? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Zen, was there anything that you wanted to touch on before we get out? Nope. And uh, I want people to be able to send us questions for our show later on the week. I feel like um, we're kind of getting <laughs> – we're talking about the same things, I think, back and forth about um, how we feel about Joe Burrow and stuff. We want to hear from the people. And while we're encouraging you to come to Twitter, please make sure you write um, directly to Ace at New Strike City. Also write directly to me at Zim Hude. Also on Instagram, I'm Zim underscore Hude. Um, just come on there and ask questions directly on my page. You can DM me. You can. I think it's easier for us to go through the questions when it's on Twitter. Send them directly to Ace. We'll try to answer some on Twitter, but then for most of it, we're going to reserve it. We're going to shout you out and everything like that for our next show coming up on Wednesday or Thursday, and we'll be able to answer a lot of your questions that you have. That is correct. So with that being said, you guys have a wonderful week. We will be back on Thursday, and I'll leave you guys with a hootay. Hootay.